welcome to Coffee Table Mythos. I'm Eliza. And I'm Leah. For our new listeners, where can they find us? Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, coffeetablemythos at gmail.com, anchor.fm, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. How can they support us? By liking, following, sharing, subscribing, and reviewing our podcast. Reviewing our podcast helps others find us so that our family can grow. Also, let us know if you have any coffee or caffeinated beverage suggestions, especially small businesses that ship. Come interact with us. You can use our hashtag Coffee Table Mythos to show us your cool art of the entities we cover. Email us to let us know what you want to hear about, or message us on Instagram or Facebook. What about merch? For now, visit us on Teespring at teespring.com store slash coffee dash table dash mythos for shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. Leah is testing out prototypes so that we can make our own merch soon. You can also donate to us at anchor.fm slash coffee dash table dash mythos slash support. All donations will go to making this podcast better. And with that, grab your favorite beverage and let's talk myths. Happy Celtic Week, everyone. This is episode 61, the 14th Celtic episode. It's been a long time since we started this podcast. I can't believe it's only been 14 episodes of Celtic, though. It's because of the grab bag weeks. Oh, that's true. We did a whole month of grab bag. Yeah, otherwise we would have been at least 15. Hmm. So, it's probably time to remind everyone what we mean when we say Celtic Week, since new listeners might not start at episode 1. By Merriam-Webster's dictionary definition, Celtic, adjective, of, relating to, or characteristic of the Celts or their languages. For example, Celtic music or Celtic folklore. And according to a simple Google search, the six territories widely considered Celtic nations are Brittany, Cornwall, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, and the Isle of Man. During Celtic Week episodes, we research beings from any of these six areas, We're not saying that any of these beings are a part of folklore from all of these areas at the same time, but they are a part of the folklore from some of these areas. Just because something is part of the lore of Wales does not mean it's also a part of Manx lore, or a Scottish creature might not exist in Irish folklore, etc. There may be similarities, and there may be some that cross over multiple areas. When that's the case, we're going to tell you what places the folklore belongs to. Just wanted to clear that up, since some listeners think we're saying that all of our Celtic Week beings are a part of every Celtic country's folklore, and that's just not how we do these things. Unless they're just commenting on media to comment on media and not actually listening to our episodes. That's why I put the PSA at the beginning. I appreciate that. (laughs) So, on with the show. What are you drinking today? Well. Oh, I guess I should start off by saying, this is a... Coffee Table Mythos Nighttime Edition. Yes, because we procrastinated this week. So we're recording on Thursday, which is the day before October 1st, and it'll be actually released Saturday still, but as I said, we procrastinated. It was more like I was the bad influence, and I told Leah, I was like, we don't have to record over the weekend, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be okay. And we're both fucking stressed out, but it's fine. It's okay. I have relaxed with at least one pumpkin ale, and right now I am drinking Iron Hill Oktoberfest Lager from the Iron Hill Brewery in Delaware, because that is where we got it when we were at the beach back in the beginning of September. 
You know what? Better way to kick off October than with a nice Oktoberfest. <laughs> and do you want to describe the can since you sure. don't have a cup? <laughs> I do not have a cup. I'm drinking out of a can for this one. It's a pint. It has a boar on it with a like Robin Hood-esque looking hat. <laughs> Probably like an actual term for it, but that's the best I can say to describe it. There's a house in behind it with more boars. And there's trees and mountaintops and, like, it's really cool. There's somebody's missing boot, a hat, a trumpet. <laughs> I didn't pay enough attention at this the first time I looked at it. <laughs> a, an axe just sitting in a wood. Um, It looks like a bucket of some sort. Yeah. I have no That's idea. That's a pretzel. It's a pretzel, but it's behind, like, a stein. It's probably a stein that was full of drinks and it's not full of drinks anymore. <laughs> So this is my um, somewhat local, not local drink for the evening. <laughs> That's fine. We also have a surprise for tonight. But before we do that, what are you drinking? I made myself a creamsicle crush. It is in my new Stitch mug, as in Lilo and Stitch. It's so cute. It's big. It's blue. It's Stitch-tastic. <laughs> and her creamsicle drinks are pretty damn good. We had them last weekend. As a special thing, this segment, we went to Five and Below, and for those that are listening that have never been to Five and Below before, it's just basically a store with things that are $5 or less, and there's just a random array of things you could possibly buy, from candy to shirts to journals, art to supplies, art supplies, workout, workout gear. gear, like all sorts of stuff. So I found Harry Potter's Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans, and... While we're doing this episode, we will be having these beans, and we will see who is the unlucky person to get the um, earwax flavor. The earwax flavor is probably the worst. There's so, er, Okay, so we're not going to be looking at the colors before we eat them. Oh, there's another whole section of it yes. on the side. Holy shit. But there's earwax, earthworm, dirt... Cinnamon, cherry, candy floss, which I think is their word for, like, cotton candy. Booger, blueberry, black pepper, banana. Grass, green apple, marshmallow, rotten egg, <sighs> sausage, lemon, soap, tutti-frutti, vomit, and watermelon. <laughs> I am not looking forward to this. Which one do you want? I don't care. You don't care? Thought we were just doing a couple of them. Are we doing this throughout the whole episode? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't know what I signed up for. <laughs> we each have a box. Oh, God. <laughs> so I guess this episode's going to be interjected with random exclamations of good and bad things. I don't know if this is soap or if this is... Don't look at it. You just have to eat it. Soap. <laughs> You're like, brings back childhood memories. <laughs> Unfortunately, it does. All right. Oh, God. I'm not sure what it is. Is there a lemon, maybe? Mm-hmm. I think it's lemon. It doesn't strictly taste like lemon, but it kind of tastes like floor cleaner. Mm-hmm. We're doing two waves right now. We're, we can't eat the whole box all at once. We're not gonna. I'm scared. Okay. okay. Mm, green apple. I think I got a second lemon. <laughs> anyway. That's lucky. So, today, I'm taking you down some bunny holes, as I do. Yeah, what did you choose? It's called the Phenodory. The f f f f Phenodory. Phenodory. And it's of Manx folklore. 
So, Manx folklore comes from the Isle of Man, sometimes referred to as just Man by locals. The Isle of Man is located in the Irish Sea between England and Ireland. Queen Elizabeth II holds the title Lord of Man, but it is a self-governing British Crown dependency, which means it's not considered part of the UK, but it is a territory that the UK is responsible for, including its military matters of defense. How you doing over there? Come on, right. the last one I had was watermelon, so we'll see how this goes. Mm. Here's your rundown of interesting facts. The Isle of Man has 83,314 people at their last census. Wow. All of those people are in 572 square kilometers of land. Wait, what? 572 square kilometers of land. Over the years, it has been under the control of the English, Scottish, and the Norse. But not in that order. Don't come at me. (laughs) People have lived here since before 6,500 BCE. Their flag is a Triskelion of legs on a red background, which is unique. Triskelions are cool because they have rotational symmetry. Oh, that's a face. What was that? Pepper? Earthworm. Ew! Tasted like pepper, though. Is there a pepper one? Yeah, there's a black pepper. It's like white and it smells like pepper. It's actually red. Oh, then I guess that was the earthworm. It tasted like pepper, though. This is not making me want to eat more of them. <laughs> by myself. <laughs> I can't be by myself. I bought them. <laughs> For under $5. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Five and Below. Which... Coincidentally, is also where the stitch mug came from. In 1881, the island's parliament gave women the right to vote in the general election. What? But had dirt. <laughs> I need more beer. <laughs> but only single women. Wait, so single women could vote? Only single women could vote. Back then, when they were first given the right to vote. Oh God, I can smell it from here. I'm sorry. I didn't even know jelly beans could have a smell like that. Okay. The original language of the Isle was called Manx. Was that one pepper? Yeah. <laughs> it's the pepper one. <laughs> this, instead of like an interlude between segments with music, it's just going to be you quietly crying. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> Suffer with your consequences. Suffer. Oh, God. So as I was saying, the original language of the Isle was called Manx, and it's a relative to other Gaelic languages. Unfortunately, the language has almost completely died out, though there was a recent attempt to revive it. Manx cats come from the Isle, and if you don't know what a Manx cat is, they are the ones that don't have tails. They have little nubbies instead. Mm. And this is a naturally occurring mutation and not from cropping like you see with some dog breeds. This fact is for my dad. The International Isle of Man tourist trophy race was considered the most prestigious motorcycle race in the world for years, from 1907 to 1976, when it lost its championship status for being too dangerous. It has been conducted on the island for over 100 years. It is extremely dangerous and has had over 200 deaths. Its track is 38 miles long, and most of the course is traversed at over 120 miles per hour. 
For the music buffs, the Bee Gees were born on the island. Their family later moved to Australia. The economy is based in insurance and technology, including but not limited to information and communication tech and online gambling operations, huh. which is kind of a crazy thing to be known for. And now that your brain is full of knowledge, do you remember what we're talking about? The thing that starts with F. Huh, that's pretty good. The phenotory. And it has a whole bunch of spellings. The ones that you're going to come across in what I'm talking about is F-E-N-O-D-E-R-E-E and F-Y-N-O-D-E-R-E-E. He's a little creature similar to the brownies in Scottish folklore. He's only about two feet tall, which while small to us is rather big in terms of the little folk. Okay. He's described as covered in hair, which was like me this morning. Uh. I took my hair out of my braid and I looked like Hagrid. <laughs> and very strong. As evidenced in one short tale about a phenotory that was handed an iron plow blade and he folded it in half as though it were as soft as clay. Mm. He seems to be nocturnal, mostly doing his work at night and hiding during the day. The phenotory doesn't wear clothes, and he doesn't want to be offered clothes either. In more than one tale, offering clothes for a job well done is the fastest way to lose his health. Hmm. He often turns away and walks off your land never to return, so best not to offend him by giving him clothing. This is shown in the tale of The Stone Mover. It goes a little like this. A man wanted to build a house on Snaefell Mountain, but the white stone he wanted to use was quarried down by the shore. The stones were transported up the mountain in one night by the phenotory. But when the man tried to repay him with clothing, he mortally offended the creature. The phenotory lamented that he did not want the clothing because clothing causes illness. As shown in his words from another tale, quote, Coat for the back is sickness for the back. Vest for the middle is bad for the middle. Breeches for the breech is a curse for the breech and cap for the head, is injurious for the head. And so he turned and departed with a melancholy wail, saying he could be heard on the whistling wind, mourning the loss of his home. In other tales where he is offered clothing, he specifies that he won't work on the land of that person ever again. Wow. And rather will go work for the neighbor on their plot of land. This happens in the tale with the farmer. I sense... Mischief about to happen. I've had earwax twice. No, soap twice. Not earwax twice. You will see how this goes. You might want to save this pink one for last, because I'm pretty sure that's a good flavor and it might cleanse your palate. I appreciate that. <laughs> Another tale of the phenotory makes him seem a tad bit foolish, or maybe just poor of eyesight. He herds the sheep of a particular farm on the Snaefell Mountains into their enclosures during a storm. There was one, quote, sheep, end quote, that was eluding him, so he chased it twice around the mountain before he got it into the pen. The next morning, the owner of the sheep found a hare mixed in with the sheep. It hadn't been a sheep he chased all around the mountain, but a rabbit instead. Hmm. One tale says, the phenotory wasn't always a little furry man. He was once a knight of the fairy court that had the misfortune of falling in love with a mortal woman. 
He missed the autumn feast as he was busy wooing a girl from Glen Eldon, and as punishment, he was turned into the small furry creature that we know today. Oh. There are other tales of the Fenodory helping farmers by cutting hay, harvesting corn, and trimming meadows. Many of the stories we have on the Fenodory are in thanks to Miss Sophia Morrison, who lived 1859 to 1917. She was a Manx cultural activist. She compiled the stories together in a book called The Fenodory of Gordon. You okay? Was that one Pepper? No. (laughs) I've made a bad decision. Yeah. You like punked yourself. (laughs) I did. I punked myself real good. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize you had even more. I thought that was the end of them. Oh, gosh. Anyway, and you can listen to some of them, some of those tales being recited by Stuart Bennett on culturevanon.bandcamp.com if you Google the Fenodory of Gordon. And these days, it's the name of a gin distillery on the island. That distillery is spelled the F-Y-N-O-D-E-R-E-E, and they use local grown botanicals to make their gin. The distillery has a tasting shop where you can make reservations if you're ever in the area and like gin. I would go just to see some of the stuff they have, but I do not like gin, so I will not be partaking. I can be the driver. How do you feel about gin? I can drink it. I'll go. And that is a little about the finildry of the Isle of Man. Are you going to survive to your segment? I'm almost there. (laughs) They're wee little people, aren't they? The finildry? Yep, two feet tall. Which is about yay high and very furry and also naked. But I mean, like, if they're very furry, like, I'm kind of picturing Cousin It from the Adams Family. So I'm picturing it as you don't really see anything, even though they're naked. Yeah. Are you okay? I think I just had rotten egg. Ugh. Yeah. I think it'd be like the Cousin It. Yeah. I agree. Mm hmm. Maybe not completely, because he is long hair from the top of his head all the way to his feet, but. I'm kind of picturing that level of modesty. We're going to take a quick break. (laughs) And hopefully when we get back, Eliza isn't dead from these jelly beans. And we're back. I'm alive. (laughs) I am pleased to say she is alive or is a very realistic looking ghost. It is October. Okay. <laughs> Cue existential crisis. <laughs> just like that TikTok where you're just like, what, which one did you just have? I don't know, but I can't play this game. You're not play- <laughs> That is literally how we record me vomiting. That might have been what that was. Uh, <laughs> what color was that? Orange and red dots. That's the only bo- bogey one then. Not bogey, that's vomit. I'm sorry. That's what I was saying. Yeah, that's what it should. That that's what the orange ones are. Ugh. Is solid orange safe? Um, I would just put that to the side just in case. He got real unlucky. I have trust issues now. All right. So what are you talking about today? Today, tonight, this eve, we are speaking of the Anku, Celtic mythology of the Bretons. But they're also found in Cornish, Welsh, and Norman folklore. They That's are... pretty decently widespread. Yes. 
So they're the servant of death in some versions. There's also other versions of it, but... The Anku appears as a man or skeleton wearing a black robe and large hat concealing his face. In some occasions, he just appears as a shadow. He wields a scythe and sits atop a cart to collect the dead or drives a large black coach pulled by four black horses. It sounds familiar. <coughs> the Dullahan. <laughs> and accompanied by two ghostly figures, both on foot. Most legends I found depict Anku as either the first or last dead person of the year, and if they're the last dead person of the year, they could be charged with collecting souls for the upcoming year before that person can cross over to the afterlife, or if they're the first dead person of the year, they would be charged to do so for the remainder of the year. It's like a temporary job human version of the church grim, the doggo. Yes. Um, another origin depicts the Anku as a cruel prince who challenged death while on a hunting trip to see who could kill a black stag first. Death obviously won, and it resulted in the prince being cursed to roam the world as the Anku for all eternity. I love you, but not that much. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I would take a bullet for you, but I'm not eating those. <laughs> That's fine. The fact that you even tried some of them is... I am currently... Gently nibbling them so I can smell what flavor they are before eating them. She's fucking cheating. I ate this whole fucking package. It was your idea. <laughs> Other depictions have him the king of the dead where his subjects each have a particular path that their sacred processions move. Author Anatoly Libraz in their book The Legend of Death wrote, The Anku is the henchman of death and he is also known as the graveyard watcher. They said he protects the graveyard and the souls around it for some unknown reason and collects the lost souls of his land. The last dead of the year in each parish becomes the Anku of his parish for all the following year. And when there has been in a year more deaths than usual, one says about the Anku, I'm just going to say the English version, on my faith, this is a nasty Anku. So they blame the, the guardian? Yeah. That's rude. I mean, he's taking care of the people when they die. Yeah. Um, he's also the main subject of a nursery rhyme for children titled, I'm just going to say the English version because I can't say it, Oh, Put Your Little Foot, hmm. structured as a progressive count where the choir introduces a new word which becomes the first of the new series and the song dates back to the 16th century. I'm going to tell you the English edition. Oh, put your little foot, my sweet Mary Jane. Oh, put your little foot beside mine. We'll be foot to foot until death comes to fetch us. Oh, put your little foot, my sweet Mary Jane. Oh, put your little foot beside mine. We'll be leg to leg, we'll be foot to foot until death comes to fetch us. We'll be knee to knee, we'll be hand to hand, we'll be cheek to cheek, we'll be mouth to mouth. We'll be cheek to cheek, we'll be hand to hand, we'll be knee to knee, we'll be leg to leg. We'll be foot to foot until death comes to fetch us. In Breton folklore, Anku roam graveyards watching over dead souls residing there. When their cart is empty, they charge it with heavy stones, removing some when a soul is added. It's believed that hearing the noise of a falling stone during a funeral wake is the Anku readying his cart for the soul, or the departed. Some say he sharpens his scythe on human bone. It's also said to knock on the doors of living about to die. Fun. Sometimes emitting a warning or ominous wail, similar to the Banshee. I was going to say, this is sounding a little Banshee-ish. 
They rarely use their scythe to claim lives. But they do do it. What? <laughs> Most tales when the Anku meets people, he reminds them death is inevitable no matter the age, status, for example, wealth, or political power. Those who hear his cart creaking are said to either die or have a loved one die very soon. And the closer the creaking, the sooner it's going to happen. It is said it waits in every new house to claim the life of the first living being to enter it. Oh. Because of this, it is tradition in Breton commune, Quimperi, to sacrifice, sorry, Mama Lama, a <laughs> rooster and spread its blood on the foundations of every house which is being built. See, and I would just, like, wait till the house was built and toss the rooster in, and then technically that was the first living being, and then we could have chicken dinner. Oh my god. Okay, so. Spread blood on stuff. I mean, you do you, Bretons. So I'm going to talk about a few different stories. Okay. So one story has three tipsy brothers coming home after a party deciding to pull a prank on the first carriage to travel near the road by blocking it with a dead tree. Later that night, they wake to a loud violent banging on their door and the person banging ordering them to remove the tree, blocking the path. In most versions, they open the door and find nothing, but cannot close the door no matter how hard they try to close it. And then they ask who is there and what they want, and an ominous voice tells them to return to the road they blocked, and they find the stranger to be an Anku. And the Anku states that due to the loss of one hour from their prank that was done by the drunk brothers, that all of them shall die one hour sooner. And if they had not complied immediately, they would have owed one year of their lives for each minute he would have lost with their prank. Oh my god. That's a lot of life. There's also another version of that. It's crazy to think one hour sooner than you were supposed to. I just think of like Final Destination. In another version, the three brothers are actually three drunken friends, and they come across the Anku on their way home, and they don't recognize the Anku as an Anku. So two of them insult the Anku and throw stones at him until they break an axle of the Anku's cart, and then the two flee, and the person that didn't do any of that stuff cuts a branch, gives it to the stranger to repair the cart with his shoelaces, and in the morning... The two friends that threw stones are dead, and the person that helped the Anku has hair completely turned white. Oh, snap. In a different tale, a young man one night recognizes the creaking noise made by the Anku's cart. Instead of fleeing, he hides so he can get a glance at the Anku. And as the cart passes, a beam of the cart's wheels breaks. And the Anku orders one of his spectral aides to fetch a branch in the bush where the young man is hiding to repair it. The Anku does not notice the young man. However, the young man pays the price by catching a fever and dying the next day. Ooh. Yes. But he didn't do anything. Except spy. Okay. I mean, I still don't think he should <laughs> die because of it. I mean, I'm not trying to say that that's right that he died because of it. I'm just saying that's... What happened? Probably what the reasoning was. Our last story of the Anku is of a, a blacksmith. Thanch Arflok was a skilled blacksmith that constantly worked because he always accepted more tasks than he could perform. Same. <laughs> Christmas Eve, he decided to skip midnight mass to finish an important task. And he asked his wife and children to pray for him. And they warn him he must stop work by the bell's ring of the midnight hour or he would be cursed. 
Rat row. The bro gets so absorbed in his task that he does not hear the bells and continues working with, and with that, a stranger in black with a hat concealing his face knocks on the blacksmith's door and the stranger informs the blacksmith that the bell has rung and requests that his scythe be repaired. The blacksmith does so despite the blade being turned outward, which he found very odd. But after finishing on the scythe, the stranger reveals themselves to be an Anku, and there to collect the life of the one who rejected the Knight of Wonders. Due to having repaired the Anku's scythe, the Anku allows the blacksmith to wait for his family to return to say goodbye. And then he's dead. And then he kills them. At least it would be less painful, because it was like, <laughs> newly fixed. Newly fixed scythe. This has been your cautionary tale to take breaks. Yeah. Like, are you overworked? Looking you, at you, boss lady. Do you live in America? Do you not take your breaks? Do you have to work holidays? <laughs> Maybe you should think twice, because the Anku could be there. I see why he has a bad rep now, because he, like, goes and does these other things and doesn't just, like, escort the dead. Yeah, no, he kills people. <laughs> Straight up. Oh, you're gonna have some, like, talking with me? You're gonna die. You're gonna look at me? You're gonna die. You touch me? You're gonna die. Don't respect the holidays? You're gonna die. You're gonna die. <laughs> you weak by direction? You're gonna die. <laughs> Cannot. It's like you if you're in your cubby hole all the time. Huh? What do you mean? I get bothered. Yeah. Never threatened but anybody at work. But in your mind, though. Yeah, in my mind, yeah. You I don't know, like I being know. interrupted. When I'm in the flow, doing all the work, getting shit done, I don't like being interrupted. I know plenty of people that are like that. So, like, a lot of people, if they're in the middle, like, they're absorbed in something, you interrupt them, you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot. But yeah. Um, I really found this one fun. I wanted to do something to kick off the uh, Halloween-esque, fall festival-esque time of year. I'm not eating any of those. Those are going in the trash. Yeah, I expect them to go in the trash. I literally only ate the good ones. After that first one, I couldn't do it. The I didn't first have, bad one. I didn't have any of the boogers, thank God. <laughs> I also didn't have any vomit, but I literally had every other one. I think that was the first one I, I tasted because I couldn't, there was, I had to spit it out. It was so awful. There was sausage. Yeah. I'm, That's weird. There was a, I didn't get any blueberry though. Mine didn't have blueberry either. There was a whole bunch of banana, which I also didn't eat because I hate banana. Do you want the banana ones? I'm a little scared. What do they look like? I want to see them. Well, they're yellow and they have teeth marks no, in them. No, I don't want them. <laughs> How I was convicted of a crime. They found my teeth marks in some jelly beans. <laughs> so my grandma, who I don't think listens to this, but if she does, I'm sorry. I'm giving out your secrets. She has a habit of biting into every single one of the chocolates in a chocolate box. Mm. And then puts them back in if she doesn't like the flavor. Who's the person that picks them up and like uses their nail to poke the bottom to see what's inside? That is none of my family members. Oh, I don't know who that is then. Kimberly? Oh, that's gonna no, no. It's not someone related to me. It was definitely a friend's family member. 
So that's going to be a fun torture thing until I remember. Yeah, no. She actually bit every single one of them, put them back in the box, and then only ate the ones she liked. Look, I'm not going to judge because I love cherry cordials, but I do not like cherries. (laughs) So I'll bite the top off. I'll get the cherry out and put it like somewhere, somewhere away from me. And then I'll eat the inside and the chocolate, but I will not eat the cherry. It drives my mom crazy, but it's delicious. Which is why when my coworker slash work husband got me the cherry cordial Hershey Kisses for Christmas last year. Oh, you freaked the fuck out. They were amazing. And I went through that bag so fast and almost made the very bad decision to buy a three pound bag of those off of Amazon, but I stopped myself, but it was real close. <laughs> I mean, I've managed to lose 10 pounds, but if I got that, it would be all back. It would be all back. <laughs> oh my gosh. I understand the like wanting to know what's in a chocolate box thing. Cause you never, sometimes you don't know. Yeah. What is up with that? Why do some companies not tell you what it is? Yeah, I appreciate Godiva because they tell you every single type of chocolate that's in the box. But like like Valentine's Day, you get a box of chocolates mixed and you're like, I don't know what this is, but I might die, but we'll find out. Anyway. What do you have to brighten the mood? All right. So we came up with a song idea or I took the name, a phrase that Eliza liked. I came up with a song idea and we've been workshopping it with the music. So Mm -hmm. I've been working on cello. Eliza's been working on guitar. Yes. And I am generally a decently intelligent human being. (laughs) I didn't think I know where this is going. And I thought to myself, because we were writing down the music so we wouldn't forget on... Notepad. Like, literally the spiral notebooks that we use for writing up the stuff for the podcast. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on Amazon and I'm going to buy myself a bass clef blank staff paper notebook and i'm gonna get a guitar one for eliza great idea in concept how'd it go so the picture of the front of the guitar book i bought had a bass clef a like rest symbol and then a staff measure and it said bass guitar like staff book or something like that and i temporarily forgot that bass guitars together is a thing. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, it says bass because there's a bass clef and guitar. That's exactly the thing I need. So <laughs> I'm going to buy it. So I got her that and I got one for myself and it came in and I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's not enough lines on this. Why are there only four lines? It doesn't make any sense to do tablatures for guitar. And then I looked at the front again and read it bass guitar, whatever the next word is. And I was like, bass guitar is a four-stringed instrument that exists in real life. In so retrospect, we do have ukuleles, though. Yes, we're going to make use of it. It's not going to waste. We'll be able to use it on the ukuleles. So then I had to buy another book that was a regular guitar tablature book for Eliza. So we now have lots of notebooks to write music on. So that is my good thing. It's a pretty good thing. Thank you. Eliza, tell me something to brighten the mood after you tell us about all that death. (laughs) Right. I mean, I was good this time and I only talked about furry little men. (laughs) 
<laughs> she was about to say, like, usually I'm the one that. talking about death, and this week we swapped. We booked a trip to the Poconos. I'm excited about that. We're going to go hiking over by um, waterfalls. Yep. And it's going to be a lot of fun. They have the prettiest waterfalls up there. Whenever we want to just go for a drive, I look to see where has waterfalls. And all the waterfalls are going to be up where we are going. But that's too far to go on like a single day. Like we've done that before and it was just way too much. So... (laughs) A 30-year-old back and knees don't like driving that much. You make it sound like we're that old. No, but, like, when we first did it, it was, like, okay. But, like, now I can't do it. Two hours each direction kills me. So, now we're going to be staying up there, and we get to explore all these forests that we never usually get to see, and the waterfalls. And hopefully I remember to take pictures this time, because I completely forgot when we went to the ocean. And usually that's you. Usually you forget to take pictures and I'm the one that takes pictures. Guess who took pictures? You took pictures. That's right, bitch. Especially of Dova being a punk. Anyway, so that's the Anku. And was the Anku anywhere in modern stuff? I've I never heard of it have before. I've never heard of it before and I couldn't find anything about it being in like media or anything. Mm-hmm. All right, sometimes that happens. This is Coffee Table Mythos. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>